0: This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of bleed two-tone
1: blue. hartwig and you're
0: listening to two-tone uncensored hello and welcome to two-tone uncensored i'm your host ryan morland along with me as always two very depressed titans fans after that loss matt Nacrone, what's up i'm leaving i don't blame you and i also have with me glenn Lotzenheiser. how you doing glenn
1: i'm not that depressed
0: well you should be you absolutely should be
1: I, I can't get depressed about it. It was it, they lost so early in the game that just I I stopped caring. I get yeah, they up. they lost, then they won, then they lost, and then and they lost won. again. They it, lost if, like
2: three more times after that.
0: But
1: if, if Marcus was a better cornerback, we we'd have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus really has to work on his fucking tackling. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's the worst coverage linebacker in the league.
0: Man, Glenn, it really sounds like you're going to have to call up Jason Irons and borrow his bag.
1: I don't have to borrow his bag. I got my own.
0: (laughs) All right, we're (laughs) going to jump into the show here. But real quick, don't forget to read the Know Your Enemy articles. Uh, They come out each week that Glenn does. They're really good, goes really uh, in-depth, gets you ready for the game. For the upcoming week, of course, this week, taking on the Green Bay Packers. So be sure to read it so you have all the info that you need to know before we take on uh, Pack. Oh, and also, you can find us on iTunes, so everybody be sure to check out iTunes and you'll be able to find us there uh, on Two-Tone Uncensored. But let's jump into the show proper, starting with the mailbag, as always. Wesley Thornton uh, writes in this one, when was the last time we scored 26-plus points in five straight games?
1: You know what? I actually know this information. It was 2003, uh, weeks three through ten. Back when the Eddie George-Steve uh, McNair connection was working on, we ended up losing in the uh, playoffs. I believe it was to the Patriots. Yeah, that was the last time we went on a run, but that was a seven-game run even. But since then, no, nothing like it.
2: It was the best of
1: times. It was the worst of times. It was just the best of times. That was I,
2: awesome. I would have no idea. I mean, anyone can look that up if you really wanted to know. But
1: uh, I did. <laughs> well, that's why we keep you. There you go. I've earned my keep. I'm done.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a long time. That was a long time ago. It's kind of sad that it took us this long to get there, but a lot of Vince Young type of years, Jake Locker type of years. So glad to see that we were able to do it now, but that is such a long time ago.
1: I I got so bored looking up, I almost forgot what the question was.
0: (laughs) And I actually just looked it up just now, and it was the Patriots, so good call there, that we lost to in the playoffs. Good yeah, job but,
2: looking that up correctly, Glenn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and on a good note, solid answer, whatever. I was right the first time. Good.
0: Doesn't matter. It was a good four seconds of radio. You can phone it in for, from here on out.
1: That was pretty much going to happen anyway.
0: Ronnie Sneed writes in the next one. When are we going to see the younger cornerbacks play because the veterans suck?
1: Uh, after you get past McCourty. Yeah, pretty much. I believe we actually called for that a week or two ago, back when uh, Cox was out. That we wanted to go ahead and just put Sims out there and let's let's start seeing what these other guys can do because we're not getting anywhere with uh, McCain and Valentino.
2: Yeah, I've been saying that well before two weeks ago. McCordy has been playing pretty solid, and, and Cox at times also has been pretty decent, but. When it comes to McCain and Blake, those guys should not be on a professional football team, let alone ours. Bring on Curtis Riley, bring on LaShawn Sims, and bring on my boy Cody Riggs. We have nothing to lose. It's not like these dudes can do any worse than than what we got out on the field. I'm pretty sure everyone agrees with me. Bryce McCain is awful. And Valentino Blake can't get ahead of Bryce McCain, so what does that say about him? It's a mess, like... When we go down so early because nobody can cover or tackle, that it's impossible for anyone to succeed.
0: Yeah, Phillip Rivers really had a buffet this week, just all he could eat back there. But obviously McCourty and Cox are your starters, and I don't think that should change. But then after that, I think it should. we should see a lot of these younger guys. So that brings up the question. Dick LeBeau comes to you this week, and he says, we need a third guy after Cox, after McCourty. Who's that third guy that should be seeing the most time out there? Who would you choose?
1: Cody Riggs. (laughs) I I would go Sims just because I wanted to see the rookie get some more experience before next season. We're going to need more of them next season.
2: Yeah, honestly, man, and I said Riggs, but whatever, I don't care who it is. Any of them I'd be (laughs) more than happy about.
0: Yeah, I think no. I'd go with Sims just because I like the the bump and run kind of guys. And I know it's a harder style to play and not a whole lot of guys if I've found a lot of success with that style in the NFL. It's exciting to watch, and I think get the rookie sometime, I think he has a higher ceiling out of the group, whether that comes to be or not. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that he has the highest ceiling out of the three, so I'd like to see him get a lot more time. Moving on to the next one here. Chris Epps writes this one in. What are some of the potential available coaches that will be on the market that would be a good fit with the Titans? And I'm going to answer this one first. Mike Malarkey.
1: I'm going to answer this second. Mike Malarkey.
0: Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I think that counts I, I get, as all three for Malarkey. I'm not sure.
1: I, yeah, I get what he's saying, but this question comes up every game we lose and then everybody loves him every game we win. I'm going to stick with them for a little while longer here. Uh, The team is really trending in the right direction. How can you argue that?
2: We're in such a better place. Whether we lose the rest, you know, well, if we lose the rest of our games, obviously that's something to talk about. But we've been in every single game this year, win or lose. We've been in every game, even the ones that we start fucking two touchdowns down in the first few minutes. There's nothing Malarkey's doing that would cause him to lose his job. Nothing at
1: all. Yeah, it's it's execution by players at this point. It's not the coach.
2: Malarkey and Mariota need to learn how to tackle, apparently. Because
1: I bet you Malarkey go out there
2: and lay
0: somebody the fuck out. <laughs> one time, one time, and then his old ass would be in a wheelchair. But he'd get him once.
1: That that one hit would you know it, it would make the highlight reel though.
0: Get LeBeau out there and get some pick sixes.
1: Man, I I don't know if his wheelchair goes that fast.
0: <laughs> his hover around. That'd be mean and bump and run coverage. Though. You're not running over a hover round. That's for damn sure.
1: This is true.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said here. We're such a better team than we were. It's the first time in a system. I hate this attitude that everybody has. And it's not just Titans fans. It's every fan of every football team at every level. Where if you don't have success right now in that instant, they're calling for your job. Last year I saw that someone paid for a – I don't, don't remember the exact URL, but it was a fire – Nick Saban.com or or something like that. Nick Saban's the best coach in college football. You know, might be one of the best of, I mean, is one of the best of all time, might be the best of all time. It's just ridiculous. Team's in a much better place first year in his system. I can't wait to see what we do in the second, third year. Moving on, though, we'll go to Chris Flint's question. Mariota's turnovers, and more specifically his fumbles, are they a product of the player or a product of the scheme?
1: I don't believe I've ever seen a scheme where they game plan to fumble. So I'm going to have to go player on this one. I mean, Mariota's got to do a better job of securing the ball. The fumble this game, he was bringing it back in too hard and hit his own hip and fumbled. It wasn't a butt fumble. It was kind of a hip fumble. It it was a bad fumble on his part. He's got to work on that. No one's arguing that. Every time someone blames it, you all go, hold on, it's not his fault. The fumble is still his fault. He fumbled the ball. I'm not letting him off the hook for that. He's got to fix that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All the turnovers he's caused are his fault. I mean, you know, you take responsibility for your actions, but he's still obviously the best quarterback on our team, and he's one of the best players on our team. For all the bad he did in this past game, you know, he had just as many, if not more, better plays. So, I mean, the turnovers obviously have to stop, and, I mean, that's just something we're dealing with right now. It's going to get better. If it doesn't, obviously we'll deal with that down the road, but it's not – to the point now where we're trying out Matt Castle's arm. I mean, it's not even close to that point. You know, for we'll get into it, I'm sure, but as far as this past game, a lot of people are still pretty emotional about the whole situation, probably including myself, point blank, if the defense didn't put us in these positions, these these turnovers, yes, they're crucial mistakes, and yes they put points on the board for the Chargers. But, I mean, if we can get a stop in crucial situations, we still could win that game, and that's because of him, not because of Malarkey or or Rabisky's calls or anything. We were just talking about this before we got on here about the option plays. I don't ever want to see another option play again. I mean, I understand why it could be beneficial when you have a player like
0: Marcus. Yeah, he's a second-year quarterback in a brand-new system that really doesn't fit his strengths. You know, it's it's going to be a learning process, and he's performed – extraordinarily well, considering the, you know, all of that, and playing with a very weak wide receiver core. There's a lot to like about what Mariota does. He presses a little bit too much, but at a certain point, you, you have to. You're going to have to take gambles, and especially in games like this when you're down by a decent amount and you need to f- try to force plays in order to get a win because you're not going to get a lot of help out of your wide receivers. It's just not going to happen. So I don't really blame him because... At a certain point, you have to take those risks, and fumbles, interceptions are going to come with that. But the one thing that kind of does scare me with Mariota is, I think you guys have probably seen this. It was up on the TTU group, and it was on, um, I saw it a lot floating around, that in the last six drives under center, last six drives when we start the first play under center, we have zero points. Last six drives where we start the play from the shotgun, we've scored 35. You know, that just, it kind of shows you that Mario does not the best fit for this system, which does worry me a little bit.
1: My biggest deal with that is that we couldn't run the ball today. Obviously, we need to under center, we're going to run the ball more. The Chargers were absolutely selling out against the run this game. They, they were doing a really good job. I believe they held Murray down to 3.6 yards of carry. We couldn't run the ball. We got behind early. That puts you in the shotgun. It puts you in a passing formation. So I think it has a lot more to do with this particular game and that stat being you know, over the season.
0: All right, we'll move on here to the last question. Mike Hall asks, "Do you still think, after losing this game to the Chargers, that we have a shot to win the South?"
1: I do. We, we can still win this. Um, we need some help, obviously, from the other teams at this point. We have to win more games. Ryan and I talked about this last week, where we thought that it was still it was possible we could go eight and eight and possibly win the division. We didn't expect a losing San Diego game. It was a risky game. That's a good offense that we just played. And anytime you step up against a quarterback, this team has a chance of failing just because the secondary isn't very good. We, we can still win the division. I wouldn't bet my house on it, though.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think we could win the division. Same time I say that, I don't really think it's too relevant as to where we are as a team. Even if we win this division, I mean, I know anything can happen, but we're not set to go deep into the playoffs by any means, so – yeah, I'd like to make it, but it's not do or die at this point. I think if we do end up with a, right around a 500 record, it's it's just a good building tool for our future. I think we need to correct a lot of the weaker spots of our roster before we can even think about going anywhere into the playoffs. Uh, it'd be good just to get back there for self-confidence reasons. Or for you know these fans to shut up about Malarkey's job or Mario's progress, it's not going to take us anywhere. Even if we do win it at 7-9, nine, nine and seven, whatever it may be, I don't think I don't think anybody in this division is going to go deep into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree that it's a possibility, but looking at the schedule ahead, um, I don't feel great about those odds personally. We have two games that I would say are in the easy category, and both of those are away at Chicago and at Jacksonville. Then we play Green Bay, Broncos, Kansas City, all good teams. And then two games uh, against divisional opponents, um, the Colts and the Texans, two teams that we've already lost to this season that are going to be tougher games. So looking ahead at that, I think we should definitely have two wins out of that. But the rest of them are definitely not for sure. I, I think that we; those are all winnable games. I think there's a possibility we could steal some wins in there. But I, I definitely I don't feel like none of them are for sure. And we're definitely going to have to limit mistakes and really play our best football in order to win a, a lot of these games. So I would say it's still a possibility, but I would shy away from calling it anything I wouldn't even say that I feel like confident at all in it like just I doubt that what will happen at this point
1: yeah I mean there's a reason why we said our window
0: our uh, ceiling was six to eight games this year that's that's
1: who the Titans are just because we are got the 400 doesn't make us beyond the six to eight win team the we glimpsed briefly that we could possibly have gotten the nine I think that's out the window now now we're just trying to get the 500 and you odds know, say that we don't I would still like us to get there though. Five hundred would make me really happy this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd make us all happy. I think we're I think five hundred is still a possibility. I think though we'd probably come in at seven and nine. But I said at the beginning of the season and I stand by it. Anything above six and ten and I'll be impressed with this team from where we came from the last two years, the talent level that we have starting a brand new system on offense and mm-hmm. switching a lot of stuff up on defense with Dick LeBeau officially taking over as a defensive coordinator. A lot of change, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, and it's all heading in a very good direction. So I'm not worried about it. I, I just don't, I think that a lot of people will, a lot of fans don't have the patience, I guess, that I do where it's, I'm okay with us process, the building, the process, but it, it does suck because it's going to be a while.
2: Like I said earlier, we're in every game we've, we've played. Last year was not the case whatsoever. I mean, like, it was almost like the NFL took the season away from us last year, in my opinion, because it wasn't even fun to watch games. We were just getting slaughtered each week. The goal is obviously the Super Bowl. We're just not there yet. But at the same time, you know, for us to be competitive and to show progress and show that we're actually going to get somewhere someday, you know, hopefully sooner than later. It's it's promising and it's it's fun to watch football again because it, last year it was strictly fantasy football for me. It was depressing to watch games last year.
1: I would attribute a lot of that to the offensive line. I can't believe how much better they are. They're they're way better than I thought they would have been this year. And if your offensive line can play, you have a shot in every game. You always have a chance if your offensive line is playing okay.
0: And the awesome thing about that too, Glenn, is it's so young. You know, we have to, we have to look forward to a great offensive line for many, many years to come. And and that's exciting. That's very exciting for any football fan, you know, that knows what they're talking about. That's very key to winning games is controlling the trenches. When you have a young, really high-performing offensive line, I mean, that's just exciting. For years and years to come, that's very exciting.
1: A big part of it is, obviously, Wizard Hunt's scheme did not fit the players he had. The revamp, the offensive line by scheme, more than player this offseason. I mean, the only significant addition was Ben Jones at center, who's probably playing below the level of both of the young tackles and the guards for the most part. Ben Jones has played pretty well, but he hasn't been the guy piecing this line together. It's just Russ Grimm came in, they had an identity for what they wanted this offensive line to be, and they've turned it into that. And it just shows you how bad hunt's understanding was of the people he had. You know, on location, and it it it's stunning to me at how bad he was as the head coach, piecing together an offensive line, compared to how good he could run the Chargers' offensive line, or the Chargers' offense. I mean, that that offensive line isn't very good, and they dominated us this game, doing what Hunt does, and those guys aren't you know particularly ta- more talented than anybody else that the Titans have got.
0: Yeah, I mean, Con- well, if you had in Conklin and um, you know Ben Jones, that's. Almost half your offensive line right there, two additions that have been far superior to the people that they replaced. Um, you know, that makes a gigantic difference. So I think it, I think scheme definitely is a big part of it. You know, it's obviously this fits uh, the players that we have better, much better. But I also do think it's a lot of talent level. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the scheme does really fit our guys, but Conklin hasn't given up a sack yet as a rookie. You know, Lewan hasn't given up a sack yet. And he's playing much better than he did last year, um, which is a, that's a scheme thing. But you're seeing these guys that are playing far above what we expected at the beginning of the year. I expected them to be a lot better. I did not expect them to be, you know, top of the league kind of better. So, they, I mean, it's, I thought we were going to be middle of the road and we are far from that, which is it's just very impressive.
2: Glenn, you like to follow the big guys. Have you noticed what uh, Taylor Decker has done this season? Is he even close to Conklin's level?
1: Oh, we saw a little bit of him uh, playing against Detroit.
2: He's been all over the place. Uh, he has
1: good games and bad games.
2: So it was definitely a good move to trade
1: back up and get, get Conklin then. I sure. think Conklin was the better pick. And, you know, I thought at the time that he was a better player than Decker. The only guy I wanted instead of Conklin was Tunzel. And just he's playing guard in Miami. We have no idea how that would have worked out instead. So I, I'm completely sold on what Conklin's done as a rookie. I'm fine with the pick now, obviously, just because he's played so well for us. He's doing what we need to do with our system.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I get to – you guys both know this. Um, my better half, obviously, is a Lions fan, so I get to see a good bit of them. And Conklin is – I mean, he's not bad, a bad young talent, but I would. he's nowhere near where Conklin is right now. Um, Decker's – Decker Decker, is what you meant so. Yeah my my bad Taylor Decker he's not he's nowhere near where um, where Conklin is right now and you know he's, as we said the same thing's coming out um he doesn't have fluid footwork he really struggles against um speed across the outside you go back and look at their look at how they worked out at the combine i know the combine workouts aren't everything but Conklin was stronger he was faster he had more clean – was footwork was much cleaner. He was quicker in and out of cuts. He was move faster laterally. I mean, his he measured higher than Taylor Decker did in almost every single category that they measured at the Combine. Uh, and, and it really shows in the, in the way that they play. I think Decker's a guy that's going to be around for a while. He's that kind of talent. But I think Conklin, from what we've seen so far in his young career, could be something really special.
2: Yeah, more importantly, he wasn't a Buckeye, which I'm sure was a big part of Robinson's decision.
0: <laughs> all right, that's about all we have for the mailbag. Remember folks, if you want to hear your uh, mailbag questions some, we always put the post up on our page at on Facebook at 2 tone uncensored and on the group page Tennessee Titans uncensored on Facebook as well. We always put them out, out there so just comment your question. Or, you know, email it to us, message us, however you want to get it to us. We've always picked the ones that we feel are best each week and throw them up there. But that's all we have for the mailbag, and we're going to head into the news. Glenn?
1: All righty. Let's deal with the thing that a lot of people are really concerned about first. Derek Henry's calf injury. Obviously, heard it before the game during the warm-ups from the sounds of it. It's a strain. It's not a terrible strain or anything like that, but he should miss a couple of weeks. That means we're going to see a lot more of Antonio Andrews. And... We really hope that uh, Murray's injury isn't very bad, that it doesn't flare up and end up becoming a problem for him.
0: Yeah, I just saw it come across the screen a little bit ago. I'm right now watching the Monday night game that, uh, you know, it is a strain that they've confirmed that. And I I read earlier that they're saying that he might miss the next two weeks. I think you definitely don't see him this week. But I think he'll be back by the time that I get past the Packers and, and get to that game against the Colts you know he's pretty young he'll bounce back pretty fast although i don't want to see them really pressure him to get back just it's just unnecessary right now for the team that we have and he's you don't want to see a young guy's career get cut short so let him take the time to heal but i don't think it's going to be a problem i think he'll be back by the time we play the colts
2: yeah it sucks he got hurt pre-game you know right before his big coming out party they're supposed to use him way more in the offense this past week but
1: unfortunately shit happens and you got hurt. Yeah, this would have been a good game for him. Uh, we needed a, you know, another person in there to help bruise a little bit. Yeah, I don't know that it would have mattered, but we'll get to that. So the Titans have now fallen back to uh, four and five, so they're under five hundred again. We're in third place behind the Colts because they own the tiebreaker and they beat the Packers uh, last week. Who we're getting ready to play? Does that give you any hope at all? I don't
2: know. I don't know if it helps us or hurts us. To be honest with you, because it shows that they can be beaten and they're they're having their own issues with their own team, but at the same time, they just lost to the Colts, and more than likely, that's going to light a fire under them. So I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I don't think we can beat Green Bay on their best day. They got a lot of issues going on right now with their depth, obviously, at running back is is pretty bad right now. We'll see. Who knows? I, I don't think we're going to win, but I guess, you know, any given Sunday.
0: This gives me hope for the defense, um, because we saw a, a team, obviously, in Indianapolis that has a very weak secondary, and they did a good job against Aaron Rodgers, so that makes me, you know, pretty happy, pretty excited that we're seeing this continuous struggle, because it are, it's going to give our defense a chance. But on offense, we fall into a trap here because right now the Packers, all that they are doing good is stopping the run, and they've been letting up the pass. You know, we're a run first team. You know, the Colts obviously the exact opposite, and you know they pass, 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 and. Maybe if there's time, they'll run the ball. So matchup-wise, we're so far different than what the Colts are, and we really play right into the strength of this Packers defense because of how good this rush defense has been. I believe they're still the best rush defense um, in the NFL right now. And so I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on Mariota to be able to Play well this week, move the ball down the field. I think it's going to put a lot of, on his shoulders. But I made it definitely for our defense, it definitely made me feel better because of how poor they performed against a defense that I don't think is as good as ours from top to bottom. But on offense, I, I just think it's a matchup thing. The Colts matched up well against that Packers defense, and we do not um, match up as well.
1: So the Titans are now 0 5 in games where Mariota's rating has been below 100 meaning his efficiency rating. So is this a situation where he has to carry the team in order for us to win, or is it the team doesn't support him enough in these losses, so he's taking chances and having bad plays?
0: I think it's more the team not supporting him. Because we're seeing, you know, we just talked about, we've put up 26 plus plus points for the first time in, what was it, 13 years? You know, that has a lot to do with Mariota, and it has – we have a very weak wide receivers core. We all know that. Our offensive line's been playing superb, so you can't put that on them. And, our you know, the running game's coming along. So the wide receiver core really doesn't help out. Our defense not getting stops. You know, it's hard to win games when you allow 40-plus points on defense. I mean, I guess not on all on defense. It was the pick six, but still it's a lot of points to be given up in a football game. You're not going to win many games when you give up that many points, and especially in the style that we play. It's obviously going to be really hard to be able to win those kind of games. So I think that Mariota's to work on the the turnover thing, but I I think it's a lot more the team around him needs to step up a little bit because, as I said earlier, a lot of what Mariota does wrong, a lot of the turnovers come from really pushing and forcing the issue, which at certain points in some games he absolutely has to do because nobody else is making the plays that need to be made in order for us to win a game.
2: Absolutely agree. I no
1: don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, so uh, the rest of the Titans need to step it up. Defense has got to play better. I, I do will say that Marcus has got to stop fumbling. It's not the issue that people make out of it. But the Bulls, the particularly when they go back for a touchdown, you know the inter- interceptions where he just kind of lost the ball out there, he's not helping himself. So I think that stat's a little bit indicative of his play sometimes. But like Ryan said, it's a question of him having to press and feel like he has to win the game. And yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit more to his numbers and what they, you know, what they really came out to be. But Mariota uh, shouldn't have to have a great quarterback rating for this team to be competitive, and, and he does. Glenn, yo, I don't want to interrupt, man,
2: but I just got some disturbing news.
1: The Titans have waived
2: cornerback Cody Riggs and the... promoted running back David Fluellen. Are you fucking kidding me? Ooh, that is big Are news. You... What the fuck? What? Oh my god! We need I, whatever. Man. Oh
1: man, I'm so I don't know. I'm not way.
2: even. I'm not even salty that it's Riggs. I'm salty that it's a cornerback that is sitting on the bench while the starters are just getting fucking burned. Yeah. And we add David Fluellen, like he's gonna make an impact anywhere. I'm not
0: salty that it's Riggs. I'm salty that it's Fluellen. <laughs> <And> what, what, <laughs> what the you fuck?
2: That dude never had a chance. Our, we we straight up shut the door on Fluellen from from day, day one. one. We're like, there's no way he's ever going to make the team. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he didn't. He made the practice squad. Oh, well, my, my thing is, is why not just go ahead and get rid of Blake? You know, th- this is the perfect opportunity. Yeah. You know what? We got to cut somebody. Blake. It's nothing personal. You got to go, so we can bring up Ellen.
0: It's nothing personal. you really I'm sorry. terrible at your job. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I would trade Flewell for, for Blake. I, that, that's an okay trade. At least Riggs tries. It's just fucking... I don't get that at all.
2: I don't <laughs> even care that it's... I really don't even care it's just Why get rid of a corner that's not contributing because he doesn't have an opportunity? Why not get rid of the ones that fucking suck? <laughs>
0: Can <laughs> Fluellen cover downfield? Because that's what we need. <laughs> you know what? We might be able to put him at corner.
1: I think it's worth a shot if, you know, we're going to keep firing Blake out there.
0: (laughs) Old Valentino, poor guy.
1: Oh, Matt stole the thunder on the news. Man, that 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 was the news. (laughs) That was the news. More than anything else that's going on here, that was the
2: news. (laughs) Fuck.
1: So we'll bring it down with a lighthearted moment here. Just tell you, you know, DJ Fluker apparently got bit on the eye by a bug during the game. and only had one eye for most of the game. Fuck.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I read this, It is. was it like eyelid, or was it like eyeball, like on as actual eyeball? Everything
1: I've seen says on the eye, not the eyelid, not around the eye. They said the eye.
0: And How's I, I wanted the same
1: thing, but everybody says the eye. So Wouldn't I'm thinking natural, it had to be the eye.
0: Isn't your natural reaction if something gets even close to your eyes just to shut it, like blink? How's that even <laughs> happen?
1: I don't know, maybe they got a super bug out there in San Diego.
0: Whatever. He blew a block and he just like decided to tell his coach, like, uh uh bug bit me in the eye.
1: He he jabbed himself in the eye after that uh after the penalty where he launched himself into the crowd. So he, he jabbed himself in the eye as punishment, now he's just saying it was a bug.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what it
2: was. Do you
1: yeah. wanna go ahead and I'm staying nah. off Twitter. Fuck this shit. <laughs> 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 Tw- Twitter delivers some bad news, the to... bat bat dealt with it. Nah. <laughs> he fucked he... Are, are you going to the uh, the Cody Riggs uh, party later on where you know, they have a going-away party for him?
2: Yeah, the thing – and look, I mean, he's not anything special. I understand that. But why is he the 53rd man? I don't get it because this isn't the first time they've done this. He may go to our practice squad again, get promoted again. And it's just like, why is he that
0: guy? <laughs>
1: I don't have an answer for you, man. I was, they <laughs> like, just figured no one else is going to pick him up, so they'll drop him. Mm,
0: I can whatever. feel the sorrow coming from the corona over <laughs> I <there>. can too. <laughs> His boy got I'm, demoted. More, I'm
2: More pissed. I don't. I don't even. It's not even that. It's rigs. Like if it was Sims or like I wouldn't care if it was Aaron Wallace. To be completely honest, but if it was like if it was Curtis Riley, I'd be like, well, why? That's stupid. He's a corner that is just sitting on our bench. Who's probably better than the guy we have on the field. Like that's where I'm at. It's not that it's rigs; it's that it's potential that we're just throwing away for a backup running back who's it's really. That not it's that gonna... it's
1: not Blake or McCain.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that and and if it was for like um, worst case scenario, Henry's out for two, even three weeks. Like, we're not putting Fluellen on the field. We're going to use Andrews, right or wrong. I mean, we R-
1: bring so... back Sankey.
2: Yeah, right. No thanks. Hey, Glenn. No.
0: It's because it's rigs. It's because it's rigs. Yeah.
2: Oh, I just bought my rigs jersey. I'm gonna have to take it back. <laughs> no refunds at all. That's what I deserve if I ever bought a Cody Riggs
1: jersey. True enough. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's like the guy who's selling it to you he's like, Are you sure, man?
0: Not too late to trade it in for a uh, for uh and just... I just
1: write over it for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know this isn't the rigs from the the, the the old days with the Redskins, right?
0: Do you that guy? They're like, that's not the right number, is it? He's like, no, you don't know.
2: <laughs> it can't just be me. Who's the fifty third man on this team? Like before the tra- right before now, the, the tra- tra- well, No, no, before the fucking <laughs> transaction. Neither of you are going to say rigs, and if you are, you're full shit. Who do you think the fifty third man is? Riley uh, for me.
0: Yeah, probably Riley. I would. Yeah, that probably Riley. All right, well, whatever. Riggs. I
2: don't know if I would even go. Yeah, Riggs. Honestly, it's Aaron Wallace, in my opinion. But either way, I mean, it's not Riggs.
0: Wallace would be close. That's fair to say. Wallace would be right up there.
1: It's fair to say, except for Wallace is the only linebacker we have with real speed.
0: That we and don't. I
1: realize. I realize we're not going to lo- use him. And it's it's getting rid of anybody other than Blake really just annoys me because <laughs> he has no business being on the field. That's that's the part that upsets me. Is why the hell are we keeping Blake around? When has he done anything right?
0: Wallace has speed, but Wallace doesn't have much else, like low football IQ, doesn't have clean footwork, he plays too aggressive up front, like, I mean, he has speed, but that's like the end of the list of Wallace's skills.
1: Okay, so he's the linebacker version of Blake, but he's not hurting us on the field, so let's get rid of Blake.
0: I mean, fair enough. We're just
1: rambling on at this point, but... We, We are. Let's go ahead and do some commercials, and then we'll come back here and talk about the games.
0: All right, we'll go to a commercial break, we'll be right back to cover the... Game we just played against San Diego and a look ahead at the Green Bay Packers game we have this Sunday.
1: Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the
0: show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about.
1: Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necron.
2: If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, this is where you need to be.
0: And you can help me shit-talking crackheads.
2: Because nobody likes crackheads.
0: That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Hey, this is Ryan and Rich from the Free Parking Show. Our show is a sports podcast hosted by four sports journalists and features shows like Beers and Cheers, Par for Discourse, and our NFL preview, the 32-team parking garage.
1: Check us out on Stitcher, Spreaker, and our website, www.freeparking.com.
2: Hey Titans fans, do you ever find yourself wondering what the hell's going on with Rubisky's play calling while you're watching the game? Do you wonder why a raccorder didn't get six week?
0: Have you ever wondered why a defense can shut down a star wide receiver but constantly gets burned down the middle by a backup tight end?
1: If this sounds like you, then you need to know your enemy. Each week, Glenn Losnizer from the 2 Uncensored podcast hosts a write-up about
0: this week's upcoming game.
2: Glenn tells you which players have the favorable matchups each week and what schemes the Titans need to use in order to succeed.
0: It comes out Wednesday-ish each week, sometimes Thursday morning.
1: It's on our Two Tone Uncensored.podbean.com page and links from the Two Tone Uncensored Facebook page as soon as it posts.
2: It's a real quick read and even has pictures for the kids. For the
1: kids!
0: You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean.
1: Hey, this is Bo Scaife. you listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of the blame game. Uh, whenever we lose, we got to blame somebody, and everybody wants to blame, you know, Marty Cody, and- Cody,
2: Cody Riggs.
1: Cody Riggs. Cody Riggs. Fucker got fired today. Yes, sir. You know, it, it tells you pretty quick that he did not do his job scouting this team. <laughs> okay, so the Titans got off to a slow start on both sides of the ball, uh, as the scores you know showed you. There are several things we can attribute that to. You know, long week off, Jacksonville hangover, Wisden Hunt being ready for LeBeau and being the best offense coordinator in the league. Maybe not. Um, so since this was a loss, it's time to play the blame game. We're going to pick our top two or three units and assign them a percentage that you know we feel they're responsible for this loss. So, brief explanation, and then give us your percentage number.
0: Um, for me, it's going to start with the the biggest portion going to the pass defense, and not just the secondary, but also linebackers in coverage. That's going to get probably seventy five percent of the blame. And I know that's a large number, but I mean, there was like nothing that Philip Rivers couldn't do. We really did come up strong in the red zone a few times that saved us from more of an ass whooping than we already had, uh, especially in the first half. We you know it was like field goal, field goal, field goal because of we us getting tight and when we needed to in the red zone. But I mean, still we you can't let them just run all over you. I mean, we had eighty-nine year old Antonio Gates just dicing us and cutting us through in the middle it just sucked to watch that so that's a big one for me then another I'd say about probably 20 percent goes on Mariota for the mistakes and everything that he did in this game but he, you know also you know got three touchdowns but the the two picks um obviously all the turnovers together were a big part of why we lost there so that's gonna get 20 percent for me and then five percent is just gonna go into play calling And I don't think this was a huge deal for the most part. But, you know, we were talking about it earlier, guys. The option, I I just, it never works in the NFL. It never works at this level. Defenders are too smart. They're too fast. Stuff like that. There were a couple plays in this game. That's why it's such a low percentage for me. Couple plays where they're just head scratchers, and we just—it seems like we have a couple of those every week. And I'd like to see us get rid of a lot of those and, and play more sound and smart football.
2: Clearly, it's 100% Cody Riggs' fault. Um, no, 70% probably will go to the defense as a whole. The tackling was awful in some cases. I would say the. The penalties really hurt us. Some of them were their fault. Some of them were not. But, you know, tackling's always an issue. We were letting Gates run all over us. We fell in that deep hole very, very early. 20% will go to Mariota. He obviously made a lot of crucial mistakes. I believe he put up 21 points for the other team. And 10% will have to go to the refs. There were a lot of phantom uh, calls, I think, that, that I don't know if you guys noticed as much as I did. There was one particular pass interference well, there, there was the one with Kendall Wright where he – I don't even remember what they called on him. He didn't touch – he didn't even touch the dude. And then they could have called it, it was a defensive uh, receiver when they when they smashed into him. Didn't get that call. But I believe they called him for offensive pass interference on that play, and he literally did not touch anybody. I, I have no idea where that came from. Uh, even with all the mistakes we were making, especially on defense – well, defense and with Mariota's mistakes as well – Even with those, some of those calls really hurt us because even with all those mistakes we were making on our own, those refs didn't help us out at all. For every mistake the defense made, Mario picked us up and and got us out of the hole that we were in and eventually ended up making his own mistakes that killed us in the end. You know, if he can't do it himself. if It's a team effort. It's a team loss. Obviously, the refs aren't going to be with us every week and, and... Sometimes we get the calls, sometimes we don't. It all starts with the defense, who gets the majority of my blame.
1: I'm only going to give the rest 5%, but this is the same crew that we had in that Lions game where there were so many questionable calls. The obvious false start late in the game, the obvious false start call, they missed that completely, but somehow managed to find us for a really weak pass interference in the secondary that play right there kind of, you know, it kind of burned a little bit. I was like, what are you guys up to? But I only give them about 5% because the game is mostly won by the players themselves. I'm going to go ahead and give Marcus a full 30%. That fumble, it's all about ball security. The interceptions, they weren't necessarily bad choices. I just don't like the throws. He's developed this Phil sins lob, which I think is awesome when you're going deep in the end zone. But if you're keeping it out in the middle of the field, You've got to get that ball out there a little bit faster and make it so it's your guy who only is the only guy who has a chance to catch it. Now, yeah, I'm not taking I'm not taking anything away from the defenders. They did a good job breaking on the ball. But he stares down his receivers and then he throws that soft ball out there too. You can't do both of those.
2: That first one was bad. I think we were talking at, at the time when it happened and <laughs> you're like, What the fuck was that? <laughs> it's very
1: much what I was saying. It was awful. <laughs>
0: Penalties, yeah, were like a huge part of this, man. I like the one thing that always that I took away from this and I rewatched the game, I, again it like really struck me was that um I think it was third and goal and Casey busts through and gets that sack.
1: Huge stop. Yeah,
0: And absolutely. then they get mm-hmm. Cersei for holding and Yeah, that uh, was the
1: play I was talking about where Cersei they called Cersei for holding, but their offensive lineman jumped off sides, you know, before the play even started. And it was like, everybody saw it in the stadium and they just didn't bother to call it, but they go, they're going to call us for holding after that.
0: Right. And then the very next play is a Chargers touchdown. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, There's,
1: there's certain plays are so, so huge.
2: And the whole aspect of the, of the entire game, it's like that one play doesn't happen. We get the ball back. Who knows what happens? Like, honestly, for all the mistakes we made, we had every opportunity to win those back. And it's just like those certain plays fucked us. And, it sucks, but that's the way it goes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really did. And everything else I've got left, I'm going to put on the defense. Bad tackling, as always. Linebackers did a terrible job covering the tight ends. You know, maybe you, I understand that Gates hasn't been around very long, and it's hard to find game film on these unknown guys like that and all, but they, they should have been able to find something. It has some kind of idea that this guy can catch the ball a little bit, you know?
2: user. Yes, we didn't talk about it yet. Uh, I took notice to Mariota pretty much owning Joey Bosa on the – Pre snap,
1: the, the guy got him benched.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that was awesome.
1: They're like, "Look, you yeah, obviously was. cannot handle this. This guy's cadence. Just get off the damn field." <laughs> that was a pretty awesome moment. I enjoyed that. But so you know, we, we've now assigned some blame. Let's go ahead and start actually looking at the stats of what happened at this game. What was going on? The Titans are down sixteen, nothing. Pretty much before you got your first beer down this game. Obviously, their offense got going, and our offense couldn't. The Titans played from behind the whole first half. They were trying to recover. You know, they, they did a great job in the second half of getting a lead, fighting, and you know, staying in the game. So that kind of makes you wonder how much of this loss has to do with the Chargers setting the tone in the first half, keeping the ball away from the Titans so that we couldn't develop a ground game and wear out their defense. It really looked to me like their offensive line and Melvin Gordon did to us what we try to do to everybody else. And they just came out and pushed us around, wore our defense down, and our defense played so much in the first half. We just never seemed to have a flow after that.
0: Yeah, I mean that was huge, and it's a huge factor in a lot of these games that we play. In is we give up these early leads, then we battle back and you know keep it close, and then lose late. You know if it, we wouldn't give up those points in the beginning, I mean, we would be well, our record would be far more impressive than it is right now. It's been a consistent problem, like game after game is just starting slow. You know you look at every single loss that we've had this season that's been the case as we've started out slow the other team did not we struggle to get back and we can't that's I mean that's literally they, you could write that exact same story for every game we've lost this season it's a constant issue we need to be able to come out and score early and then dictate the game to the, the team that's exactly how we're set up to do it we're just not executing at all in the beginning of games it always seems like the you know Tennessee doesn't even wake up until the second half.
1: I
2: agree man. Did you guys I was about to say about how fortunate I felt to be down 5 at, at the half where, where you know how it started out. I think it was right before the half. I don't recall exactly, but do you guys remember when we were when we scored and we were um I guess less than a touchdown. I forget the scenario, but we should have went for 2 on the extra point and didn't. Do you guys know? You
1: remember what I'm talking about?
2: Did you question that?
1: I didn't really question it at the time. I know I know why you're asking what you're asking, but I was okay with it not going for two on that one.
0: Yeah, me as well. Early in the game, you know, there's still a lot of football left to play at that point, so I, I don't question the fact that we didn't go for two.
2: But if we're up by one or we're up by three, what's, I mean... I would go for two every time in that scenario, just me.
1: I mean, they had already missed an extra point, so you never know how it was going to flow out from there. I, I completely agree. I mean, it's not my job on the line. I definitely go for two. I, I see what you're saying. But I can't I can't fault the coach for not doing it or doing it because I don't know that it would have changed anything
0: You know, by the end of the game. Agreed. And you were talking about how lucky we were to be down by just five at the half. I told you guys. Um, at the end of that first half, you know, we were messaging each other, and I said, "San Diego should be embarrassed that they only have a five-point lead right now, because really, they—I mean, they outplayed us from start to finish in that first half." There, I mean, anybody who watches that can see that, and the fact that they were beating us as bad as they were, and then there was only a five-point lead. We I mean, we were very lucky, to, lucky to be that close into this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's all entirely on them that we were even around the. Back into that game in that first half. Part of the reason is uh, Melvin Gordon. He ran 32 times for 196 yards. Uh, he had a touchdown. The numbers of carries are obviously the result of the early lopsided score. The Chargers trying to control the clock, doing what we just discussed, dominating us physically by using their offensive line to grind down our defense. And you know they had a two to one time of possession over the Titans for that first half. And th- that's not how the Titans win games. Uh, we're, we're not that team that you could have the ball all game long, and we're still going to win. Key stat here to me, though, was the 6.1 yards per carry they gave up to Gordon. 6.1 yards. thats It's a tremendous number for a guy who was barely averaging three and a third. and It, it shows you that he had big holes. Uh, obviously, our defense was getting pushed back. The other number that you know, stands out there is he had 102 yards after first contact, so we weren't making good tackles, which we always talk about every week. And I think it's just going to be the way it is for the rest of the season. I've said that before, and so have you guys for that matter. Melvin Gordon came out and kicked our ass. 6.1 yards per carry, 102 yards after first contact, and had 196 yards total. That, that Those are the numbers that we want to see from our guys. And for our rush defense to give that up is really embarrassing.
2: Yeah, he's improved dramatically since last year, but we made him look way better than he is. It was It was pathetic.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it and it's not just, you know, it's not like we're trying really hard at a lot of these and missing tackles. Like some of them are just like there was one, I can't remember who exactly it was. Melvin Gordon goes to the outside and he just like dives right at his ankles and he's like a f- yard from his like when he makes contact with the ground. He's like a yard from Melvin Gordon. Like he was nowhere close. And it's like, you're not even trying at that point. Like, I can go out there and, and like, make that whiff. Like, come like I don't know. It A lot of the times we just, like, a lot of ankle biters on this team. And I hate seeing that. Like, square up and make a tackle. Like, it's real fundamental shit. And I, I hate seeing it. Like, week in and week out we see this stupid shit. Like, over and over.
2: You know who's not an ankle biter? Cody Riggs. Cody Riggs.
1: You know why? Because there's no ankles left for him to bite. Damn. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, it, it's the same conversation we've had over and over again. We won't bore you guys by making you listen to us talk about how bad our team tackles again. It's just, it's embarrassing that there was that much room for Melvin Gordon to run on us um <laughs> Melvin Gordon
2: was a an impressive college running back he had a shitty year last year like I said he he's definitely improved but we made him look like a, a star and it shouldn't be that bad yeah
1: th- this was his breakout game if he's gonna have one and I believe me I think Melvin Gordon's a pretty decent back and I blame most of his lower numbers on his offensive line and so just if he's been bad all year because his offensive line was bad and this is the second week in a row uh okay or bad offensive line has beat us up, it's embarrassing. I'm sick of it. Uh, our defense needs to step up and start being a tough run-stuffing defense again.
0: I agree. I think Melvin Gordon was – I think he was primed to be good last year. It had a lot more to do with his the team around him than him. But you even said it yourself, like 196 yards, 102 of that was after the contact. We're giving up more yards after contact than we are before contact. I mean, that obviously is an issue
2: yeah
1: it's it's the same old thing over and over again
2: the only tackler that impressed me and he only had a few tackles but sean spence only dude that actually laid into somebody on the whole team i don't care who you, what your name is and I, I didn't notice and i know he came back obviously but what did you guys think when you saw Rackpo laying on the on the ground when uh we're already be down by however many points we were down at the time i know obviously he came back he did finish the game though right
1: he did i would say it uh last year when morgan went out and how pathetic our defense got after that that's the exact vision i was having like oh crap here we go it's just the other side of the field yeah
0: i literally looked at my girlfriend and just like motherfucker just don't talk to me for a little bit i just <laughs> like just stared <laughs> at the ground i was like oh, man it's like a, like that's what i thought of too is morgan going out how bad we were after that yeah, um thank god he got up and he was fine and stuff but there was definitely that few minutes where you're just like our season's fucking over. Let's just wrap it up. Like, can it be February yet? <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> Let's start talking about the draft.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, ne- next key stat here, we've already touched on it, obviously. Marcus Mariota hit three turnovers, two of them returned for touchdowns. The other one resulted in a field goal. That's 17 points off of Marcus. He threw the ball 43 times to only 16 rushes by our running backs. That's something that we've talked about before where – his efficiency numbers always go up the fewer touches he has, the fewer passes he throws. He's best when we keep his number under 30. That's kind of where I came up with that stat earlier about him us being 0-5 when his rating's under 100 as I was looking at his numbers. we we got to keep his number of passes down. You do that by not falling behind horribly in the first part of the game. But I also felt like there was an opportunity for us to have stuck a little bit more with the run, even as much as the Chargers were loading up against us.
2: Well, don't forget about his most important number right now in the red zone. I believe he's what twenty-eight now, twenty-eight and zero in the red 20, zone. God, in the red
0: no. zone. Yep.
1: he's impressive. a Jedi out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: You look at his last five games right now. He's thirteen touchdowns, three interceptions in the last five games.
2: It just sucks that those interceptions are such crucial game changing. That's what happened in
0: They're this game, man. Exactly. That's exactly what happened in this game is our offense um, tackles just like our defense does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least they have the excuse of they don't do that every day in drills. Yeah, true. I mean, they, they don't have a legendary Hall of Famer back there teaching them how to tackle and play the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry but Robisky it was not known for his tackling. No.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's the issue is Maybe, like, LeBeau doesn't remember what it was like to tackle since he hasn't done it since, you know, the Great War was over.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I, I think we're going to step but... on from that one. I know you do. Okay, so Murray, he had only 14 carries in this game. Only ran for 3.6 yards per carry. I think that 3.6 would have come up some had we'd run him more. Do you think maybe uh, we uh, discounted quite how much that he was injured? Now, he looked pretty good to me, but do you think maybe they were uh, had him on a uh, run count? or was it just purely a question of the score?
2: I don't think so. I think San Diego just was basically targeting him, making sure he didn't, you know, run all over them and that was their main main goal was to stop him and I think that's why Marcus was, you know, flinging the ball all over the place. We couldn't we couldn't do much on their defense and and they don't even have that sh- Strong of a defense, but that's the thing with us, man. Like a, a lot of, um, who was it? A couple weeks. The Colts. The Colts um targeted. Was it the Colts or the game I'm thinking of? Where Demarco the, the Colts
1: shut down our pass rush.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm thinking. Who? What am I thinking of? What game? I guess I can look at the stats. But Demarco got shut down one game. Cleveland, wasn't it? Cleveland. Yeah. yeah Cl- Cleveland actually just, sold out. Yeah, and I mean that—that's basically what San Diego was trying to do, and they were pretty
1: successful doing it. Um, Except they got a better quarterback on their side, too.
2: Yeah. I I do think if we had Derrick Henry to, you know, sub in and out, I think we would have ran the ball more and had more success doing
0: it. I don't think it's anything wrong with uh, DeMarco Murray. They really, as you guys said, they really sold out to to stop the run in this game. They were stacking the box. Um, And then at, at a certain point, you have to throw the football. We were down by a lot of points. And so you have to get the ball down the field quickly. Um, in order to try to make a comeback in that game so i don't think it has anything to do with the injury. i think it was just being down by so much you had to throw the football a lot
1: yeah i mean schematically there are things you can do to stop the run everybody in the league can stop the run if they really want to you just have to be willing to gamble that the quarterback won't be able to take advantage of it and that the offense won't do something you know to stop you you know will play action or something like that and just burn you up it's all a question of if you've got the right personnel to play that style of defense and obviously it worked well for them this game uh, they got the big lead to start with though I think I think it was a function of the lead more than anything else I, I agree if we'd had Henry we'd have done more damage uh, we'd have a chance to just pound him up in there and see if he can get some yards that weren't available to Murray just because he is a bigger back but it was mostly the score in my opinion
0: I'll tell you what there are two guys from this game I'll bring it up real quick that did impress me the first one's Matthews who really the last couple of weeks has really took a big step up, and he played a big part in this game. And his route running, I got I watched a couple of the plays and kind of isolated him out, and then looked back at some tape from him um, back when he was at Miami. Uh, I have a, some good buddies that are Miami fans that were good enough to give me some tapes thanks to them, and watched him, and his route running is getting so much cleaner. Like it's, His cuts are two and three steps less at some points on the same route. They're just so much more fluid. Yeah, I was getting impressed with him. And the other one is Bayard. Outside of one play, you know, where he whisks the tackle on Melvin Gordon, he had a pretty outstanding game in this. And, you know, I'm I'm okay with seeing a lot more Bayard and a lot less Johnson at this point in the season.
2: Yes, I agree completely. I, I've said it between uh... – Yesterday afternoon and, and today, I've said Byers the one guy in the secondary that I want moving forward. Uh, but to your point, Rashard Matthews has definitely stepped up. He's leading the team right now with five touchdowns on the season. Uh, he already has 420 yards, 12.7 yards per reception. So, I mean, I remember before the season started, we had our wide receiver projections, I believe – I said five to 700 and you guys weren't as high as I was. He's already got four twenty, So I think he's definitely going to hit that six, 700 mark. Um, but he's definitely improved dramatically the last few weeks, I think. And also another one that stood out to me, Harry Douglas had two big catches and Mr. Fuck up himself played very well. I was, I was pleasantly surprised.
1: <laughs> uh, are you on drugs, Matt? Something we need to know. Harry Douglas. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. Are you spoke to Harry Douglas. Is that a new strain? <laughs> Is that what these kids are
0: calling it these days? <laughs> if, if, if it is, I'll take some, but I don't there, know.
1: There you go. Yeah, no, I agree. Matthews has really stepped up. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people said Matthews was the reason why Andre Johnson was going away because Matthews was playing so much better. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but Matthews has definitely stepped up. He's looking like the guy that you know we were telling you he was going to be before the season started when we signed him. He's He's running good, crisp routes. He's strong. He's fighting for the ball. Uh, he's doing everything that we said he was going to do. It just took him a lot longer to get there. I mean, we got to the second half of the season before he really showed up and gave us that guy. I'm just, I'm glad he has now. Now um, He's,
2: he's tied for second um, on the team for overall receptions only to DeMarco Murray. And he's tied with Delaney Walker.
1: Yeah. So he's in pretty good company because you knew Walker would be up there. And we talked earlier in the season about, you know, Murray mm-hmm. And then for some reason they just kind of went away from him, but we started to go back towards him now, you know, throwing him the ball a little bit more. I, I agree. I called for Bayard a while back. Uh, back when Cersei got hurt, I said I wanted to see Byard on the field because he plays better than Johnson does. And I, I think that going forward, there's no, there's there's nothing at this point that you can do with Rashad Johnson that you can't do with Bayard, And Bayard's your player going forward, so you might as well just have him on the field, start to fill him, and get it over with.
0: And the other thing too, like Matt, you brought up our projections at the beginning of the season. And I remember I was putting Matthews around 400, 500 yards. I believe that's the window I gave him was four to 500 yards. Obviously, you know, we're talking about what week nine now, and he's over 400 yards. So I definitely called way under what he'll end up having. And it, it's a pleasant surprise that he's been as good as he has been, especially the last couple of weeks like we've been talking about. But I'll have to see if I can't send you guys that tape because you watch how crisp he is this year. And his route running compared to last year, and it's astonishing. I mean, it's it's night and day, and he really has stepped up big time.
2: Yeah, uh, one thing that we haven't talked about who, who really deserves a lot of credit here is uh, Matt Castle. One for one, 10 yards, 100% completion rate. I mean, QB rating of 108.3. What are we doing? Why why is Mario to playing? When did he come in the game? Last week. Did he? Okay, yeah. I completely missed it. For one, for one play in ten, I, I blinked that I blinked that play. My bad. I'm sorry. Just, just to help the fuel the crackheads a little bit. Yeah.
1: Well, what one, you guys
0: one, aren't hit, <laughs> What you guys aren't talking about is Alex Tanny. Now this guy's got all the real talent,
1: <laughs> except for he's on the practice squad, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Dude, he does some great practice squatting, though. I mean, well, you know, you know
1: what? He's going to be out there burning Cody Riggs this weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Oh, low blow! Yeah,
1: they're, they're going to go to a, a tailgate soon. game. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the other thing that we've already talked about this a little bit. Uh, Ryan read off the stats earlier. The the Titans were much better from the shotgun this game. Uh, scored on all six series that we ran out of the shotgun. Nothing from uh, when we were playing you know, with Marcus under center. To start started out at. You know, do the, do you think the Titans need to go to more of a shotgun, either earlier in the process when we get down early? Or just overall, or is it, you know, particularly without Henry, do we go more shotgun, throw the ball a little bit more to Murray, get the ball in space instead of worrying about lining up in the eye, or should we stick with what got us here, keep running this power eye, and just use the shotgun when we have to?
0: This is the problem, because I don't think there's a right answer here it's because when you go into that shotgun you know you know there's like a 80, 80 to 5, 90% chance we're throwing the football and you know that gets you obviously in a lot of problems and we know that DeMarco Murray does not run well out of the shotgun he need, you know he needs that head of steam buildup up for him to be a really effective back we saw it last year with the Eagles and what he was able to do there so we obviously need to be under the under center a decent amount so he can get the touches that he needs to do you know to be successful Um, But obviously, shotgun, we've had a lot of success with it. Look how much success we've had in the last two minutes of halves, the last two minutes of football games, moving the ball down the field, big chunks yardage very quickly, even last year. I mean, I think about you guys going back to that Saints game last year. I mean, it was like nothing. Mario did just like slice through that. And I know the Saints have a really weak defense, and it was pitiful last year but when like those last two minutes when we need yards we get them every time coming out of that shotgun formation or not every time but just about every time so I don't know if there's the right answer though because I, I think you still need to run most of your plays probably under center unless we're um, playing from behind um, but you still need to to have both of you you need to be able to to find a happy mix of both under center you know so where DeMarco Murray Uh, benefits the most and from shotgun where Mariota benefits the most
2: yeah I think the main thing is just not becoming predictable I think like no matter what set we're in I think even if we're in the shotgun switch it up to where we got we got Henry and Murray on the field at the same time as long as we can as long as we can move the ball no matter what kind of package we're running um, because I do think you know maybe a draw is not particularly Murray's strong suit but I mean, if we had both of them on the field where they're not zeroing in on one player, I think we can have success running the ball from the gun as well.
1: Yeah, Matt, that was my answer too. The mix it up, keep it questionable as far as what we're gonna do whenever we're out there. Th- just because you start a series in shotgun or under the center doesn't mean you can't switch and play some shotgun that series or some or light it up and you know, the power eye of that series. You can switch stuff around in the same series, and we saw a little bit of that the last few weeks. It's just this this week I think we got behind. And it just dictated what we did from there on
0: out. I agree. That was a big part of it, was just getting behind that early. We really you know, didn't have a whole lot of options. We had to be able to move the ball fast down the field. And, you know,
1: and one of the things is all the people crying that Mariota sucks, that we can't trust this kid with our offense, they're also the same people wanting us to play from shotgun every snap. So do you want Mariota to be the only guy making decisions on the field and has to win the game, throwing 50 times a game, or do you want him to not be the guy on the field? You can't have it both ways.
0: I told Matt before we started on here, Glenn, and I think you missed out on this. It's just the crackheads are are not. They don't hate. They're just knee jerk reaction. Like they see Marcus throw an interception, and they're like, he's terrible. Why is the Matt Castle starting? Malarkey needs fired. And then they watch him like make a brilliant, you know, run for a touchdown or something, and they're like, he's all pro, top five all time. Malarkey needs to be coach of the year. Like there's no like, happy medium, like, middle ground where we're like, oh, we're an alright football team. It has to be like, Mariota needs to be enshrined this year or he, you know, he should have never been a pro.
1: Maybe we need to get our fans some uh,
0: Adderall. Yeah, calm them down a little bit. Easy crack all right. Maybe just getting them off the crack. Maybe that'll be all we need.
1: Come on, man, no one gets off the crack. <laughs>
0: Let's put that on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> no one gets off the crack.
1: Noah gets off the crack. All right. So, you know, we've talked about what went wrong. Let's talk about what can potentially go right, what can potentially go wrong this next week. Uh, There's some interesting stats lining up for us with this Green Bay game. Uh, We know Aaron Rodgers has been struggling. He's missing Eddie Lacy. James Starks isn't in there. Uh, So he has no proven running back. He's having to throw the ball a ton. One of the reasons that Packers have reason to believe, though, is their offensive line. Their offensive line is probably the best offensive line we've played in a few weeks. They're rated 11. Uh, They're not quite Titans level, but they're the top half of the league. And considering how two very bad offensive lines in the Colts and the Chargers have handled the Titans pass rush recently and have managed to run the ball against us and just dominate the line of scrimmage, it suggests that we could be in some trouble handling Rodgers trying to get to him and rattle him. Um, Do you think our front seven on defense – can protect our secondary by getting to Rodgers regularly.
0: We need to. I know that's for sure. I think this is, uh, this is that time where you pull those plays that are deep in the playbook that you've been saving all season, um, uh, for Dick LeBeau. It's time to get crafty against a team like Green Bay, um, because uh, of how good they are up front. And it's, you know, it's we could end up in a bad spot, um, considering our pass rush has not been lethal, pretty much at all this season. It's mm-hmm. had moments, but there's really only one game where you can say our our pass rush was really good. Um so you know it's I think it's going to be a problem for us in this game obviously. We we're going up against a really really good quarterback who is having a lot of struggles this season. So that's the big thing is like how much Aaron Ro- like what kind of Aaron Rodgers are we going to see in this game? That'll play a huge factor in it obviously. Are we going to see, like, Aaron Rodgers, kind of Aaron Rodgers? Are we going to see, like, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, where he's just, like, you know, the cold? And now he looked terrible at some points in that Colts game, missing passes. At... I mean, he looked downright awful in the first half of that football game, and it didn't look much better in the second half. And I think that our secondary's, I mean, at worst, just as good as theirs. So, you know, like I said earlier, that gives me some hope because he just hasn't been playing well. Like, even when he has time to throw, it's just – Not that impressive, and I don't know what's going on with him and what's going on with his head. Maybe it's a case of the yips or something like that because I mean, we've seen it over the last couple of years. This guy's a fantastic quarterback. Um, I I don't know what's going on with him that he's just not playing well right now.
2: Listen, it's simple, man. If the defense comes out and plays like they did yesterday, I don't care if it's Mark Sanchez, Aaron Rodgers. They're going to light us up. If we can't tackle and we can't cover – We're going to lose, plain and simple.
1: I feel like this is the cable TV and the satellite TV Yeah, uh, Rob Lowe. Lowe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Rogers has been kind of all over the place. Part of it is he's having to throw the ball all game, every game, uh, since his running backs went down. And their receivers have been playing okay. Uh, They're probably about as healthy as they've been in a while. Every season, it seems lately, one of their receivers has been down, and Rogers has been having to do it with everybody else. You know, Devontae Adams had a big shot last year because Nelson was down all year. It's this unit is actually healthy, which makes it weird that he's struggling as much as he is, because I would have expected that if the uh, the receivers were bad. Or the offensive line was playing bad, then that would explain why Rodgers was struggling. I think Rodgers just he he needs a break. He can't get off the field. He has to th- you know throw the ball all game long.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's a big part of it. And I think that tackling obviously is going to be a huge issue and it's going to be a huge issue in every game. And I know we do sound like broken records, but I mean that's you know the team that we're covering. I think that we got to get there in the pass rush. We have to be putting constant pressure we need to be sending guys, and I know that leaves us open down the field, but, I mean, it's not like whoever plays across McCourty, you're only going to get, like, two seconds before they're, whoever they're guarding is going to be open. For the linebackers, it seems like you have half a second before the tight end is going to be open, so you might, might as well just send some people, you know, and, and try to get to him, try to make him really uncomfortable, especially early in this game. To make him make the mistakes uh, so we don't go down early, which seems to be our MO this year. Yeah,
2: it'd be really nice to actually strike early uh, on them instead of playing from behind.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind if, they, if we won the toss and we chose to take the ball just to see if we go down there and get a lead to start out this game. One thing that's kind of surprising, even without their two backs, the Packers are still running for 4.5 yards a carry. That's pretty darn good. Uh, they're right behind the Titans. They're in, like, seventh place in a big old tie. Uh 4.5 yards per carry is about you know as good as you can ask for it on a regular basis. The Titans are doing, I think, 4.8. So their running game is working, and they don't even have their two best backs in there. Uh, Ty Montgomery your receiver, has been leading the way. only thing that really concerns me there is the Titans tend to struggle against fast, agile running backs, uh, someone who can scat a little bit, which is what you're going to get when you have a receiver playing back there. Uh, with the size of our front seven being built to stuff, you know, power backs built the dominated offensive lines. Do you see them being susceptible to Ty Montgomery or whoever else they decide to run back there? And does it set up as a bad rushing defensive game for us?
0: Defensively. I think that we have, we have to be able to tackle that. We have to be able to, to clog holes. Um, this team blocks the football really well in you know, our blocks, uh, on the line really well, especially in the running game. That's why they have 4.5 yards per carry. Um, you know, with the revolving door of running backs that they've had this season due to injury, you know, when you're averaging still, your average is still that high. It's because you're blocking up front really, really well. So, uh, we need to be able to fill in holes cause they're going to be able to block us. They're going to be able to get, um, and, you know, in front of us and stuff, we have to block, get in those holes, make a presence there. And, um, you know, even if you don't make the tackle there, if you get in the hole early enough, you're going to be able to slow them down enough that somebody's going to make the tackle. I've said this before on the show, but it's something that I, I don't see this team doing a whole lot of. you got to be able as linebackers to read the play uh, and have the the intelligence, the football IQ to be standing in that hole when the, the running back gets there. And I think that that is something that Um, we haven't been able to do lately, and I think it's something that we really need to be able to do in this game because they're going to be able to block us. They're a good downhill running team, and they're going to be able to block us on most plays, so we need to be able to get our linebackers in those gaps and stop this running game.
1: Like I said, I think my biggest concern is just, we saw it with uh, Oliver in the San Diego game of the preseason. Quick backs are difficult to tackle. We don't tackle very well. It, It sets up as a game where, you know, Montgomery may only get ten carries, but he may bust one of them for eighty yards. I just, I'm a little bit worried about them having a lot of speed at the backfield position. If they get down to, you know, first and goal, I don't think they could punch it in necessarily unless Rodgers does it himself. It sets up as a passing situation where they run the ball. I don't know that our linebackers, you know, for the reasons you just said, and I've said it before, they're not very instinctive in their rush defense as far as plugging holes and making moves, and they, they make good tackles once they decide to make the tackle, but they're always a step behind, which is why they miss their tackles. You know, it, it sounds like it's a bit of a, you can't do both, but you can. You know, when, when they make a decision and they, they drive and tackle, they make, they make good tackles, but they don't do that very often because they're just not instinctively where they need to be, so they're making lots of arm tackles and things like that, and that's going to cause us problems. Not so much that Montgomery's going to run through you, or through an arm tackle, just you may not ever get a chance to put a hand on them. Uh, So that's a concern I have going into this game is just their ability. I think they're going to have the ability to run on us a little bit. They've done it, you know, successfully without Eddie Lacy. I think they can do it against us just because of speed. Uh, It may be a kind of a more exotic-looking run system than what you're used to seeing just because they are using receivers. Uh, But that's just lack of options. I mean, they had Niall Davis there for a week, and he was gone. I mean, he, he didn't have time to unpack his suitcase before they cut him. So it's always not a running back thing. They're just—they're going to do it without him, and they're going to do it successfully anyway. I think.
0: Yeah, you bring up like a great point. You're 100 percent right um, when you say that it's being out of position. That has a lot to do with it. You know, like I said, if you're standing in that hole even if he breaks the tackle, you are slowing him down enough that, you know, Casey can get in there and get a tackle or Arakbo can come help you out. or You know, you are going to slow him down enough where the safeties can come up and make a play. So that's something that is instinctual. You know, it's that football IQ. Even if you're not a good tackler, if you're standing in that gap, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not breaking a tackle in the gap. You know, it does happen, but it, it's not often. So that is what we need to be able to do is is um, as a defense and as our linebacking core is is really step up there and make a difference.
1: And it again without a power back, without a strong runner, if they would just be in the hole, that wins most of those battles because they're going to be using lighter players to try to make this run game work. Uh, obviously, you know Aaron Rodgers going up against our secondary. You already mentioned it. You've got seconds, you know, two seconds before guys are going to be able to beat our. Uh, our corners here and our linebackers aren't going to be able to hang. I mean Richard Rodgers is not a tremendous tight end but he's certainly good enough to get open against what we're throwing out here right now. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers sets up to have a pretty good game against us for the uh, Packers, he has to have a good game. I mean every week there's just no other option. If Aaron Rodgers does not have a great game, the Packers are going to lose. It's just that's how it is. Uh, so our defense has got a stout challenge against them. We'll see what they can do. If they can control the run, it doesn't mean anything. They're gonna have to step up in the passing game, and I don't think they can do that in any other way other than what you said. LeBeau's gonna have to pull some stuff out of his butt, you know, some plays that he reserves for just those special moments. Like if he if we were making a playoff run, these are the plays that he would call. He needs to do that, you know, this this coming weekend here against the Packers because that's the only way we're gonna get the Rodgers often enough to impact this offense unless Rodgers comes out and just plays terrible. You know, if Olivia Munn keeps him up for two days straight before he goes out and plays, maybe we got a shot.
0: Let's just hope to God that she's a closet Titans fan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, what's scary is that's the scariest matchup is even though Aaron Rodgers is struggling, we know the talent is there and we know what our secondary looks like. And, you know, that's enough to keep you up at night for sure. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't have high hopes in that area. I think that this is one of those games where Aaron Rodgers, the everybody after this week will be talking about, oh, he's back. You know, Green Bay's real again. Because I don't think we're going to be able to stop their passing game.
1: Yeah, and he's, he's starting on one of my fantasy teams. And I'll, I'll take the fantasy loss if it means the Titans win this game. I don't think I'm going to have to, though. Uh, going <laughs> to the other side of the ball. You know the Packers have the number one rush defense in the league, which you mentioned earlier. They've only given up 606 rushing yards, only 3.3 yards per carry. Henry's out. Murray's been a little nicked up, but it'll probably be okay. We're going to have to really find something to happen here. I don't think Llewellyn's going to be the you know the secret to us running the ball this game. You know, Cody, Cody Riggs wasn't going to help us win this game. I don't think Llewellyn is either. Uh, so does Mariota have to carry the team in the air? and scrambling and making runs in order for the Titans to have a chance. Does he? Does it have to be Mariota putting up a better than 100% rating or 100 rating and carry the Titans to a win for the Titans' offense to have a, a positive role in us winning this game?
0: The one benefit we do have is we have a really good downhill um, uh, run-blocking offensive line. That's going to help out a lot, but – you know, like we were talking about on defense, you have to get linebackers that are instinctual and get in and fill holes. Uh, no one does that better than Clay Matthews. You know, I don't, I, there's nobody in the league that does that better than Clay Matthews. Maybe Lou Keekley but that's the only guy. He, his football IQ is through the roof. I mean, it's it's crazy how smart this guy is. And he seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. That's because he is. And that's, you know, that's what football IQ does for you. Uh, he, I mean, he looks... He's. It's going to be hard to figure out how to take him out of this game, especially in a running game. They're really stellar up front. We have to block really well and open up big holes. That way, you know we're able to get uh, a few yards. And I think we have to pound the rock still. As good as they are, uh, as good as they are stopping the run, we have to still pound the rock and and work on that um, offensive line. That's what kind of sucks that kind of really sucks with Henry being out. Is you're losing a guy that just your battering ram. He's not there this week. A guy that you could really throw out there and just just pound them. Just you know take some years off, some lives so to speak, on that defensive front. Uh, but you, you know we don't have that guy this week, and that that's gonna hurt. That sucks for sure. But I think you still have to go to the run, and still that to be a big part of our game plan. Uh, I hope it works. I don't know if it will, but I hope you know that it, it works there. And then the other thing is, I, it's going to be a lot of Mariota, because I don't think that the running game is going to be super effective in this game, as good as they are. So a lot of this game is going to ride on Mariota's shoulders, especially because you know what we talked about on defense—they're not going to be real great. Um, we talked about the running game. You know, it's scary because of how good this run defense is. This is going to put a lot of pressure on Mariota this week.
1: Definitely. And I'm going to stick to my stats here and say that if Mariota has to throw the ball 40 times, we don't win. Just because that means that we weren't in a position where we could even try to establish a ground game. And I think it could happen that way. Uh, This is a game I can't call us to win just for the reasons we've been talking about. And I've got some more stuff here for us, too. They're number one in the league against the Rush. You would assume that on the other side of that, since they haven't been winning all their games, that their pass defense would be worse than it is. They're, they're middle of the pack against the pass. It, obviously, the teams are going to have to throw the ball against them, and they're holding up okay. Do you think maybe the, pack, the Packers secondary is better than they're getting credit for? Is it a situation where the run defense is so good that they're overshadowing the pass defense, or... Is it just, you know, Clay Matthews is getting in there and making the quarterbacks make bad passes?
0: I think it's a lot of ha- It has to do with their uh, pass rush. You know, there's nobody really – I mean, they're, they have a decent secondary. I'm not saying that it's garbage by no means. But there's nobody that really makes you go like, oh, shit, you know, we have to play this guy. Um, up front, they do have those kind of guys. So I think that it's uh, more the pass rush, which gives us an advantage – um, because we we block really, really well up front. you know, we took both out of that game uh, for a lot of it we saw last week. I think if we do that, I don't think that this secondary is good enough to shut down our wide receivers, especially you know we're talking about the emergence of of Matthews. We have a stellar tight end. Uh, and Delaney Walker you still have Kendall Wright who is you know an open field catastrophe every time he gets the ball defenses beware. so we have some guys that can make plays downfield. We need to be able to do that a lot. We need our wide I think there's a lot of pressure on Mariota but there's a lot of pressure on these wide receivers. We really need them to step up this game and, and make some big plays. Uh, we need them to get open because I think the majority of what uh, the Packers do well, is the pass rush when it comes to pass defense? Uh, you know their secondary is not terrible by no means, but uh, their pass rush is where that's why the reason that they're middle of the pack and not you know closer to 20 is because of, of how well that their pass rush does. If we can negate that, give Mariota some time back there, and you know just let him do his thing. He, I know that everybody's shitting on him and hates him and everything. He's a good quarterback. He's a good young quarterback and if he has time in that backfield he's going to make teams pay for it. You know, we just talked about earlier. Last 5 games, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. That's stellar. There's nothing else that you can say about that. That's stellar number. And you know, you keep those kind of numbers up, that's what you know pro bowl caliber all pro caliber quarterbacks do so you know i have no hate at all for Mariota, but a lot of pressure is going to be on the passing game this week his wide receiver they got to show up they got to play really really well because i I just don't see us being able to do it elsewhere and i I hate to say that but i I just don't see it right now in this matchup
1: yeah i'm really hoping the Rubisky calls up just a bunch of crossing patterns and just moving guys all over the place. He's got to do something to help Marcus get an idea of if they're on on man-to-man or not. Marcus can help himself the most by just looking people off. Uh, He doesn't do enough. He still stares people down. I know that it's only his second season. It drives me nuts when I see quarterbacks do that. You see long-term veterans do it. They're going to have to get some movement going on, let Marcus have some pre-snap reads where he can tell if he's looking at a man coverage or not, just to be sure because he's going to have to get rid of that ball quick. Uh, Matthews is going to be coming off that edge. The The Packers pass rush, they don't necessarily get a ton of sacks, but they're there all the time. And if they get Marcus out running around, then you start you know risking fumbles. Uh, I, I don't like to harp on him about it, but I don't want Marcus out there trying to outrun Matthews and having the ball anywhere away from his body. Uh, it's, uh, that's not going to work out well for us. So th- I think it's going to have a lot to do with how we play called this game. Uh, if Robisky can come up with something that makes that simplifies the reads for Marcus so he can be quick with his decisions, quick with the ball, you don't have to run it from a shotgun, but they, they're going to have to get up to the line and use some motion to find something that he can read in that defense so he can figure out what he wants to do. So he has a couple of options. Get rid of the ball. You know, either roll out of the pocket and throw it away, take off running, dump it down, do a check down. He's got to be able to make quick decisions to last long enough against the Packers pass rush. And our receivers are starting to step up. I think this could be a big game for Sharp because I think they're going to pay some attention to Matthews because Matthews has been stepping it up. So this may be the game where you see Sharp finally step back up and you'll make an appearance again. It could be a Kendall Wright game, but I think their safeties are good enough that he won't be sneaking up over the top on them necessarily. But I definitely think that uh, this could be Sharps' week because they're going to pay more attention to Walker, Wright, Matthews than uh, Murray coming out of the backfield. So this may be his chance to be invisible for a minute and get a chance to blow up. Uh, But like I said, the only way I can see us coming out of this game ahead is if they come out with a really good uh, passing scheme. And it has to be something that we haven't seen because nothing that we've been doing on offense could – possibly dominate a game that way. And I always believe that a good running game, and like you said, we have to run the ball even if we do start passing. I don't think that the running game alone can win this game for us, so I I really hope to see something inventive out of them. And just take a shot, because you're not going to be favored to win this game. I'd say you don't. You might as well come out there and do something a little bit different and just see if it works out for you.
0: You hear that, Robisky? Cut those fucking creative plays out of the playbook. Cut that fucking cute shit out.
1: Cut the cute shit out and find some shit that's not quite so cute but gets the job done.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I I thought about your point here. Um, What you were saying about this could be Tajay Sharp's week. I think that's kind of how we're set up right now is it's going to be revolving. I think you're going to see – You know, one wide receiver step up. You know, like the last couple weeks has been Matthews, and then eventually they start teeing off on Matthews, and then Sharp will step up, um, and then they'll start teeing off on Sharp, and then Kendall Wright will step up. You know, we've we've seen that. You know, Tajay was good at the beginning of the season, then Kendall Wright comes back and takes over. Then the last couple weeks Matthews takes over. I think no one in our like uh, wide receiver core is really that much better than anybody else in the top handful of guys. So as soon I as agree. defenses start teeing off on one guy, go to the other guy, and like that is one benefit from having a no like numbers like set number one wide receivers. You know we can go to anybody and feel just as confident. I mean obviously going to Delaney Walker, we feel a little bit more confident than our wide receivers. But anybody on our wide receiver core, you can go to them and we'll feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is, this group, you can remove any of these guys from the game. Uh, as a defense, you can say, this guy's not catching the ball. And there's nothing the Titans can do about it, because they don't have anybody who can beat double coverage except for Delaney Walker. They don't have anybody who can just take the game into their own hands. So whoever the other team decides they're not going to beat us this week based on the last couple of weeks of game film, like you said, it's just it's going to rotate. It's going to be, well, that guy's not beating us. That guy's been on fire. Lately. Let's shut him down. And Marcus is just going to have to just be aware that his guy won't always be there. The only person he should ever force feed the ball into is Walker. And I don't like it when he does that because he tends to be on the run when he does that. And we saw those interceptions earlier in the year. So really just take what they give us. But we've got to do some things to try to make the game simple for Marcus because I think it is going to be on Marcus to win this game. And if it's going to be on him to win this game, we've got to do some things a little bit differently just to support him. But we've broken it down. We've talked about their defense is really good as far as stopping the run. Uh, Their pass rush saves their secondary, which is kind of what we need our pass rush to do. But our pass rush isn't fast enough and instinctual enough to get in there and create that pressure every game. Uh, we've seen, like with the Colts, you can shut our pass rush down and then we don't have anything else going on on our defense. Uh, if, they are, if they aren't successful, nothing on our defense works. So score predictions for this game. Uh, probably we're all going against the Titans on this one. We're going to have to go with the Packers. How painful is this going to be?
0: Um, I think this is – I think it's going to follow the script, uh, unfortunately, that a lot of our games have um which is going to be we give up a big lead early then we claw back uh and then we lose the game late. So I'm going to say uh final score for this one is going to be 31-24.
1: I'm not going to try to get uh style points by telling you how it's going to happen to us other than what we've already said. I'm going to say 17 to 41 Packers.
0: Oh damn. <laughs> That's not a I, fun I think prediction. This, <laughs>
1: it's not. It, it pains me so much to say that, but I just I can't see how we can deal with this Packers team, and I—I I pray I'm wrong. I am—I will never be happier than to see the Packers lose to the Titans, because my dad is a die-hard Packers fan. I have too many Packers fans in my family. I don't want to hear it. Please let the Titans upset the, on this one. I am perfectly happy to be wrong.
0: My mom's a, a Packers fan, and I and mean, I know I'll be getting it from that angle for sure after this week. So you know, definitely not looking forward to this game. But I Sorry. think we'll be able to hang around for a little bit just because. Rogers just doesn't seem himself this year. But that's about all the show we have. Uh, If you haven't noticed, Matt left us a little bit ago. He was just too pained about Cody Riggs to go on any longer. Um, But uh, don't forget to listen to the show. You can listen to us on Podbean, uh, on our website, on the Podbean app, on iTunes. Anywhere you get iTunes and iStore, you can find our podcast. Um, uh, So check out that, and you can just search for Two-Tone Uncensored. You'll find us. Be sure to read the Know Your Enemy article each and every week. This week, of course, coming up against this Packers team, it, it gets a lot more in-depth than uh, Glenn and I and Matt can on the show. Uh, Glenn writes some of the really great articles. If you're not reading them, you really are missing out. I'm not just saying it because Glenn's my friend. They are fantastic articles. Um, and, and also, uh, be a lookout for the poll. It'll be on our site at uh, ww tone twotoneuncensored.podbean.com this week will be uh, for our poll we'll say spread how many points uh, do you think we end up losing by and then there will be a, a win option that we're going to win so I'll put the spread up there to see if you're closer to what Glenn thinks or closer to what I think uh, so that will be the poll question this week look for it um, when this podcast drops it will be up there uh, thanks everybody for listening uh, thanks for, Matt, as long as we could have you, and thanks, Glenn, for sticking it out to the end. Uh, tighten every- up, iTunes! Everybody tighten up.
2: Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at com or by downloading the Podbean app on your
0: mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Uncensor and like us on Facebook.